Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amandaman Games Podcast. This is episode 7 of my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. Now, I know we didn't have a proper news episode last week. We kind of dedicated last week to story time. So we have a number of things that happened in the last two weeks. And of course, I'm going to try to keep it around 45 minutes to an hour like how, how I normally do. But if we do go over, I you know, I, we're just kind of testing stuff out. Plus, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of opinions. A lot of stuff happened this week. So I want to jump right in. So we got a lot of information when it comes to Xbox Series X, their specs, and PlayStation 5, their specs. So I don't know if anyone uh, joined me when I was streaming the live stream of PS5 spec reveal tech breakout where Mark Cerny came on stage and kind of talked about it. The whole stage thing was a, a little weird as well. I'll definitely talk about that. But he kind of revealed a lot of things about PlayStation 5 and PlayStation in general. So I want to first start with Xbox, right? So Xbox, some of the stuff that got revealed in a way or re-revealed in a way was, of course, we know that the CPU is Zen 2 um, uh, AMD at 3.8 gigahertz, uh, 3.6 gigahertz with SMT. So obviously, I'm going to kind of break it down like that. I'm just going to kind of talk about it uh, in, in some sense. Obviously, I'm not too tech savvy. I'm, I don't know every nitty-gritty detail about all of this, but I do want to bring it up. So that was kind of the, the first thing when it comes to the CPU. The GPU, we already know this whole flop nonsense that I keep bringing up and I keep telling you that it's not going to matter in the long run uh, and it's definitely something that we should kind of move away from but the GPU was obviously for for Xbox was 12 teraflops uh, 52 compute units at 1.825 gigahertz and this is obviously again AMD the memory is 16 gigabytes the memory bandwidth is 10 gigabytes at 560 gigabytes per second and 6 gigabytes at 336 gigabytes per second I don't know what that means uh, I won't lie. Um, optical drive, 4K Ultra HD. We know that the internal storage is a one one terabyte custom NVMe SSD. So NVMe SSD uh, for anyone that's that's built a PC, uh, P, uh, a gaming PC at this point probably knows that these one the NVMe is like the fastest thing you can get when it comes to SSDs. Like that's where you need where you should store your OS if you want any any game to just like just run extremely quick load in really quickly, everything like that, you should have a NVMe, a dedicated NVMe for, for games as well. So we know we, we know the Xbox has that. The interesting thing that happened was uh, the idea of expansion was brought up, right? So Xbox and Microsoft did kind of confirm that you can put your own regular external hard drive, you know, that you probably already have for your console or for whatever other reasons. You can plug that in. And from that, you can run your Xbox One games, you can run your Xbox games, you can run the old games, right? But the new games, the new games that will be using Xbox Series X or whatever, those games, you can store them in that external hard drive, but they will be, they will need to be copied onto the internal NVMe SSD hard drive uh, to be able to, to be able to play that game basically. But what they did was that, okay, this is what you can do if you already have an external hard drive. What they do offer is their own proprietary expansion cards. It's kind of like memory cards almost, to be honest. It kind of reminds me of my PS2 and, and PS1 days. Although 
at that time it was mainly for mainly to save games, not really to save the entire file size of the game or whatever. But I mean, that's pretty interesting. I don't know how this will impact cause. That's what I'm worried about. And we'll obviously go into PS5 right after this because, like I said, I have a lot of thoughts about that. But the expansion card thing could obviously be really great if Microsoft is able to bring the price down. Um, because it is proprietary, it does, first of all, bring into consideration the, the problem with stock. So if it is proprietary, it's the only thing you can get for, for Xbox, there's gonna, they, unless they make sure that they have a lot of them ready, especially day one, because you know people will need more than one terabyte. Like, I just downloaded Call of Duty, and that thing is near 200 gigabytes. Render Redemption is over 100 gigabytes. Like, like I don't know, man. Like, there's there's no way. You you definitely need to have at least two terabytes in your in your gaming console or any, anything at this point. You need at least two terabytes. So uh, one thing I was worried about was stock, and the other thing is price. So because it is proprietary, right, I, I don't know how Microsoft will ensure that the price is low or prices in, in some sense uh, competitive with other things in the market, right? Hopefully Microsoft has figured that out. And the reason I brought up that competitive part was obviously in, because of what happened with PS5. So one of the reasons I waited until today to release my podcast and to kind of record my podcast and everything was basically because I wanted to go through the, the PS5 reveal event that they kind of brought up the the gdc event which was basically broadcasted live with mark cerny on stage it's a little weird that you saw like these people that were sitting in front of him because i was kind of thinking that you know what about social distancing and everything based on everything that's happening in the world but i think they were kind of like put in there like it was it, they, they, they were real like they were moving around here and there sometimes i don't know it just looked really weird but um it, it was for in terms of that event itself it was definitely not what i thought i was a little disappointed um, I was kind of talking about that on on the Twitch stream as well when I was kind of live streaming it. Uh, it was because because Sony knows that we're expecting news. They they know that we're expecting something PS Five related. So the fact that they come out and they full they they show this fully dedicated like developer dedicated uh, PowerPoint presentation almost like I was back in university. Like it was it was I think up to thirty minute mark that I was kind of paying attention and then after that I was falling asleep like literally just like how I did it in my in my university which probably explains my bad grades, but you know, that's kind of how it felt. Um, I'm sure the developers themselves will probably find it extremely informative and they probably really, really enjoyed it. And obviously I also took really like some cool information here and there from what, what he was talking about, especially uh, Mark Snurry's vision on, on audio and how audio can impact games and him literally asking us for photos of our ear canals so that, that we can send it to him so that they can, they can basically map it accordingly to make the audio even more enhanced or whatever, right? So it kind of went over, like he was obviously going through a bunch of stuff. So one thing obviously they talked about was the CPU. So like kind of like how I talked about the Xbox Series X one, it's the same CPU basically, except in terms of its clock speed, it's at 3.5 gigahertz, which is a little bit lower than Xbox Series X. Of course, I don't know, you know like I said, I don't, it, says, it says variable frequency, so you can you can mess with it, whatever. Look, I don't I don't know what it does, in terms of raw numbers, from what I'm seeing, it looks like Xbox is higher. Um, and the GPU side, this was a big one that everyone kind of lost their mind about, was PS5 is at 10.28 teraflops, and that's 36 compute units at 2.23 gigahertz. So that 2.23 gigahertz is higher than Xbox Series X. Of course, it's not explained as to whether that's like turbo boosted, like, you know, that's like on its max speed. Or if it's like a base fee, like, it, I don't know, like, I didn't really pick up on that. Like I said, I it, it was like a university lecture, to be honest. I was falling asleep. So, um, 
like overall the GPU teraflopage is lower. And I will definitely go into that a little bit later. I'll just quickly go through everything else. So memory RAM is the same, 16 gigabytes. Memory bandwidth, 440 gigabytes per second. I don't know what that means. Optical drive is the same. This is weird. Internal storage is a custom NVMe, which is first of all, from what they are showing raw numbers wise, a lot faster than, than Microsoft, right? Way faster. Okay, so cool, awesome. It's pretty, pretty fast. The, the thing is it's 825 gigabytes. I do not know what that means. Like, why would you not go for one terabyte? Or is it like, you know, like when we get a one terabyte hard drive or one terabyte, even on my, in my Xbox One X or PS4, you get one terabyte, but only 800 something or like 900 gigabytes or so is actual space that you can use, right? So I don't know if that's what Mark Cerny meant. Uh, and because that's been the takeaway, that's what people have been taking away. I just find that such a weird number. One terabyte is already so low. You're telling me that you're going to make it 825 gigabytes on top of like, 825 gigabytes, which means that we'll get only 700 gigabytes to use. I don't know if that's been taken apart in the wrong way and it is actually a one terabyte thing, but they were actually talking about the actual usable hard drive storage space or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's like one issue that I definitely had. They talked about audio and about how they're going to use this Tempest engine and everything. And that looked really, really cool. That looked really, really interesting. Uh, and obviously they, uh, Mark Sury did go into how their custom SSD will revolutionize gaming because Game, games are designed, according to him, or games are designed uh, to have loading in mind. So they're, they, as you're going through certain areas, they again, or designers or developers will have a certain area, a certain pathway, an elevator, uh, maybe a, a staircase or whatever, where everything will kind of load in the background. And because, it, and you kind of talked about how the SSD that they built is so fast that they will literally have to slow it down in some cases just because of how fast it is. And that's amazing, right? And I think the main takeaway from what I got from that was not in terms of what it can do when it comes to game loading, but what it can do for game design. And I thought that was really, really cool. And that kind of went into expandable storage. This was something that I liked was that he is basically saying that Sony allows you to put in basically according to what they certify as as being as NVMEs that are fast enough, but like you can basically put any NVME that you can buy off shelf based on obviously after it's been certified by Sony that yes, this is fast enough and yes, this is compatible with PlayStation. But the main thing is they're not doing a proprietary proprietary thing. So cost wise, I think this will be better. Of course, like that's something I don't know. I, I don't know if Microsoft is ready for this. Microsoft knows that they can't have a proprietary thing and have it be crazy expensive, right? So like, let's see what happens in, in, in that way. But that's one thing that I, I did take away and I really liked. And I should also mention that all this tech stuff that I, I'm getting, I, I got from the IGN website and some of the contributors to this were Miranda Chan, Sanchez, Samuel Claiborne and Brendan Graber. So it's gonna want to put that out there as well. But that was my main, my main thing was that overall this, this type of event or this type of live stream, whatever they did, just was not done with with obviously the consumers in mind. At the same time, I feel like the marketing side on Sony, marketing on, on PlayStation, are like, are they just not like listening, you know? Like, are they not seeing what's happening out there, what people are saying on Twitter, stuff like that? Because even before they planned this, right? They should have known that, look, my, because this is, Microsoft released a bunch of stuff already. They've released a box, they've done break breakdowns. Microsoft, when they just released their information uh, a couple of days ago, they not only gave up, gave all that new information in terms of like, you know, raw power and all that stuff, but they also gave gameplay 
uh, videos. So they showed how quickly the game loads. They showed uh, the resume state, so where you can where you can literally have five or six different games playing at the same time, and you can just switch through them. And they also let Digital Foundry kind of go through it. They let Austin Evans go through it, like go through the entire box, like give them a box and, and let them try it out. So like this is kind of what I saw with the Xbox, and I was like, this is perfect. This is what I thought that Sony would be doing. Not only did they not announce anything, they didn't show the box. They didn't say anything. They didn't even try to one-up Microsoft in any way. I'm not saying that Sony is in trouble. And what I wanted to bring up because of this, and I, like, I don't know if it came up from a tweet, but I know Jason Schreier from Kotaku on, on his podcast, Kotaku Split Screen, was recently talking about how he has talked to so many developers, and a lot of developers are saying that people are underestimating the PS5, or Sony has not done a very good job in explaining the true power of the PS5, because it seems that the developers in terms of both consoles are extremely excited for PlayStation 5 because the whole thing with the SSD, the whole thing with the variable frequency and stuff like that, right? Like from me, from just like me, like looking at the raw numbers, I'm like, yo, Xbox is, Xbox is destroying them. And for most consumers out there, especially on Reddit, what, I, what I've been reading on Reddit, everyone is like, oh my God, PlayStation is lost. How can they do this? They're coming out with a, with a weaker console. They, will, they won't be able to do well against Xbox anymore. And when I was like listening to Jason Schreier, who's obviously well regarded in the industry, extremely respected, you know, and and developers are coming coming up to him and messing and being like, uh, what, yo, what the hell? Like, you know, like actually, PlayStation Five is actually really really amazing. Like teraflops and everything is not the be all end all. Like, and that, this is something I also brought up before, and I keep I have to bring it up again and again. But teraflops do not determine the fucking power, man. Like, always, I try not to swear on this on this podcast, but you know, like. It does, it like, I understand that in terms of, like, raw kind of power, because I look at it in terms of PS3 and 360. PS3, on paper, was more powerful than 360, but it was not as easy to develop for. Therefore, most games, literally most games, worked way better and looked way better on 360, right? Like, I just, I just, I'm not saying that, like, you know, people won't be able to develop for the Series X properly, but please, please, please do not look at Teraflops as the main thing. Wait for games. I like. We should not be giving a shit about Teraflops. We should be giving a shit about when is Bloodborne 2 coming out? When is God of War 2? Spider-Man 2? A new Siphon Filter? Maybe an Iron Man game? I don't know. That's the, that's the crazy thing. Like a Ratchet and Clank game. Resistance game, right? That's the stuff that I care about. That's the thing that I want for PlayStation. That's the reason that so many people are PlayStation fans. So I hope that people can kind of focus more on that. You know, like, and it it is upsetting because I I obviously like all my consoles. I like playing everything. I have a PC, I have my Xbox, everything like that. But you know, like growing up, I was always more of a PlayStation gamer, right? It was around the 360 time when I I moved towards the 360, and then PS4 time I moved towards you know PS4 in that generation. So like I I have been kind of an old school PlayStation fan, but like you know like the, just the way they're doing it, I I can see it and I can see the missteps in terms of marketing. I just hope that they realize this. A lot of people are giving them a lot, giving them a lot of flack about this. So hopefully, you know, the marketing team is seeing this and they're saying, you know what? Let's have a state of play in the next couple of weeks. Let's show them some game. Let's show them something. Let's show them the box, man. Just give me the box. Let me show, show me what it looks like at least, you know. But hopefully, you know, when, when the coming weeks, coming coming weeks, we should hopefully see see more stuff, you know. Um, and this kind of goes into some of the other stuff that I I know I talked about it a couple of weeks back. And this was an article, like, I don't know, obviously, this take this with a grain of salt. There's all these rumors always floating around. But this was an interesting thing. I feel like it relates to everything we've been talking about when it comes to next gen. Um, this comes from Giz China. 
I'll, I apologize. I did not. Did I? Yeah. No. There you go. Uh, it says written from Efi Uden from Gift China. Uh, so this is a Microsoft Series S console price leak. So there has been rumors about a Lockhart version, which is supposed to be like the lower end version. And I'll obviously go into why I think this is more and more likely. I know I made a whole podcast uh, episode about this, but we'll go into this. So uh, Efi writes, the console makers are having a hard time keeping the cost low. A recent speculation claims that these consoles would cost between 600 to 800 USD. Of course, the popular opinion believes that 800 price speculation is too high. To this end, the lower version of these consoles may be a, a consolation for those who can't afford the high version. Microsoft already revealed that that it is the Microsoft Xbox Series S. Okay, I, 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 they already they did not reveal that. I, I apologize. I did not look into this. Yeah. I did not read this part properly. But uh, the internal code name of the device is Lockhart. In addition, there are reports that the entry price of the Lockhart uh, will be around three hundred dollars. So this might be quite interesting for some gamers considering that Xbox One X costs four ninety nine. Yeah. So basically, from what we have seen with Xbox Series X, uh, that it is a pretty beefy machine. I at this point will not be surprised if this console is more than 500 if it's like 599 so like I, I know 499 was kind of the sweet spot but i think it's very very likely it could be 599 or even 699 and then they will release an xbox series series s which is supposed to be of not as uh, it's supposed to be in terms of teraflopage obviously i i i, I know i hate using teraflops but i'm just trying to give you like in terms of baseline, in terms of teraflops, it's supposed to be lower than Xbox One X, but obviously it'll be a lot more powerful than Xbox One X because of the CPU, because of the GPU being the new AMD RDNA 2. So I think that makes sense. And that's kind of what I was going into. That's kind of why I think Sony is going with something that's not as high spec, because I think, honestly, I think I still think Sony's console is going to be really expensive. But I think what's going to happen is Sony's console might come out around 499 Xbox Series X will be around $599, if not more. And then Xbox will be like, by the way, we also have Series S, which is $399 or, or $300, you know? And this way, just to get both sides, both sides of this of this price thing, right? And I, I think that is I think that's quite quite reasonable to expect from them. We obviously did another speculation we saw before was, and this is from someone I forgot, I I remember bringing it up before, uh, but someone speculated that one of the consoles, one of the uh, PS5 base consoles will be around nine teraflops, right? Or like around nine or 10 teraflops. And the other one, their pro model will be closer to, if not as as powerful as the Xbox Series X. So what if Sony comes out and says, yeah, this is our base model, which is at 499. And then we have our pro model, which is at 599, which will be the same as, as the Xbox Series X, right? Like I can totally see that coming. But of course, like the way they have unveiled every unveiled everything, I don't know. I'm not sure if I don't know if that's gonna happen this year. It might it might come about next year. Uh, and of course, with everything that's happening when it comes to manufacturing and manufacturing issues, we don't know what what will happen uh, when it comes to game uh, the consoles actually launching this year. Uh, and we'll definitely go into that uh, a little bit later in the podcast as well. So, uh, moving on. There's a, another cool story. Again, this is a big rumor. Uh, I, I wish it wasn't true because I, I, I want this game to come a little bit earlier. Uh, but Elder Scrolls 6 won't be coming for a long time. So this comes from Lara Jackson from Game Byte. The alleged leak has surfaced via Reddit, uh, where a user claiming to be intimate with the project has said 
the Elder Scrolls 6 won't be dropping until the year 2025. This will make this game a next-gen title, though considering the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are due to drop this year, that's not really too surprising. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this was expected. We kind of we kind of knew that they're going to take their time with this one, especially with how Fallout 76 was received. Um, I can understand that Bethesda wants to take their time. They want to make sure everything is done right and with all of their previous Elder Scrolls game not uh, you know being amazing they always had technical issues I hope that they're like working on the engine they're letting these new console generations launch maybe they know that SSDs are coming right maybe they know that SSDs are launching and then because kind of how, how Mark Cerny was talking about how the implications of SSD when it comes to game design maybe this is the perfect time for Bethesda to change their game design or the way they designed Elder Scrolls and Fallout right and maybe that's what they were waiting for I, I obviously wish that they, they released a game before that. And I think that means that, I think they already mentioned this, but this kind of reiterates that Starfield, their other new IP, their new open world IP that they're working on, um, that that's going to come out a lot sooner than Elder Scrolls. Maybe maybe this year? No, I don't think it's going to be this year. Probably probably next year, maybe the the year after. Uh, but yeah, Bethesda does does take their time. I, I Like, I'm, I'm a big... I'm a big Elder Scrolls fan. I obviously not. I didn't play Fallout seventy six. I'm not really gonna play that just because it's not my type of game. But Fallout four, Fallout three, Elder Scrolls, I really really enjoy. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. I really really hope they do find a way to kind of bring us something in the meantime, or at least make Fallout seventy six more single player friend friendly. I should say. But you know what? Like we 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 won't know until until later. Maybe later this year, or around E three as well. You never know. Uh, so this next one is actually pretty cool, and again, I have I have some opinions about this too. I know a lot of people have been um, quite opinion, opinionated about this, and it's very unfortunate the way this is being taken. So Horizon Zero Dawn uh, is coming to PC. So as for people that don't know, Horizon Zero Dawn is a is a very big PS4 exclusive made by the people that made Killzone uh, and the Killzone series, um, Guerrilla Guerrilla Studios. So this was from the the PlayStation blog. And this comes from uh, Sid Schumann from PlayStation Blog. So he was talking to, I think it's Herman Hulst, who, who is the uh, who's the head of Sony Worldwide Studios. He used to be the head of Guerrilla Studios. So basically he said, yes, I can confirm that Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC this summer. There will be more information coming from Guerrilla. Uh, he also stated, I think it's important that we stay open to new ideas of how to introduce more people to PlayStation and show people maybe uh, what they've been missing out on. And to maybe put a few minds at ease, releasing one first-party AAA title to PC doesn't necessarily mean that every game now will come to PC. In my mind, Horizon Zero Dawn was just a great fit in this particular instance. We don't have plans for day-and-date day PC releases. So, first of all, I think this is a, I think this is good. Releasing, like already Detroit Become Human has, has come out on PC. Um, I think games like Horizon Zero Dawn that came out three years ago, like... It's not like it's selling gangbusters down, let's be honest. Why wouldn't they want to release this on the PC? Not only will the first release on the PC, will they get a new crowd? You're, you're getting this game, this amazing game, which I, unfortunately I still have not finished. And I promise I will finish this game. But this amazing game into the hands of millions of millions of other people out there. And all that will do is entice them to the PlayStation platform. They're going to look at this and be like, you know what? The PS5 is coming out. I have a good gaming PC, but man, I want to play Horizon Zero 2 like now. I don't want to wait for three more years. Or or on the other end, if let's say they release these kinds of games, right? Like uh, 
every every three to four years, uh, these PS PS4 exclusives or PS5 exclusives in the future, they release these exclusive three to four years later onto the PC. Why is that so bad, right? Like for the PC gamers, the game comes out, they're like, look, I'm just gonna play it on my PC. I'll wait for the three or four years, right? I think on purpose they will try to keep that gap so so long to basically say that hey, if you're a PC gamer. Some of these exclusives, yeah, they're going to be on PC. Don't worry about that. But it's going to be coming to you three to four years later. So Spider-Man 2 comes out. If you want to play that now, you got to buy a PS5, right? And I don't know. I just see that as a win-win on all sides. It's literally trying to get more and more people on board. And like, I don't, I don't know if people reacted the same way when Xbox kind of talked about how they're going to, they're going to shift to basically putting all their stuff on PC. Because from what I'm seeing is... The, the way people are reacting on Reddit and everything, all these threads, is people are really, really upset. People, and, and I think I think the producer or, or someone that's on Guerrilla Studios or used to work in Guerrilla Studios kind of also came out and said, like, yo, what, what, is, what is happening? Why are you guys reacting this way, right? Like, this is this should not be viewed as a, as a, as a bad thing. I think what needs to happen now, kind of like I, I was talking about with Mark Surrey's presentation, like, they need to have a proper presentation dedicated to consumers. And the and, and and this presentation should not only talk about the PS5 properly in terms of you know on a consumer standpoint like here's the box this is what it looks like look at this game look at this look at how this loads stuff like that they should also show games and reiterate that this game is PS5 only right I think they need to kind of hit that again and again and this the wording here I can understand the wording here is very 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 off right basically he's saying that you know like. Uh, it, it does not mean that every game now will come to PC, right? Obviously, that's still not clear. That's still ambiguous. That Does that mean some games, like, you know, a few here and there, you know? And it's like, we don't, and also, he, I, 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 it's again, very PR talk. You know, he wrote in the end, uh, we don't have, we don't have plans for day and date release, right? So it's like, it's, it basically, that's kind of the thing that I feel like scares more people who do want to have a, have a PS5 console where they can only play PS5 exclusives. If they, if he was like, he was like, no, PS5 exclusives will be PS5 exclusives only. And, you know, it was just the wording and stuff, right? So I think they do need to just come out with a better worded message around this. And just to put people's minds at ease. At the same time, please don't look at it as a bad thing. This is getting an amazing game into more and more people's hands. I won't be surprised if next year, God of War and Spider-Man, because it's been three years since those games came out to next year, if those games come out on PC. Again, that's not a bad thing at all. It's coming three years after. So everyone at this point has basically played God of War and Spider-Man. Let's be honest. Like, those games so gangbusters, right? So I that's kind of my viewpoint. I don't think this is a bad thing. You know, if if it was, if they were releasing games day and date, like, it was like when Horizon Zero Dawn 2 comes out, it'll come on a PC the same way like Xbox, then I would be like, okay, then at that time you have to decide whether or not you need a PS5 or you just want to invest in a, very, a, a really good uh, gaming PC. Right, but at this time, Sony knows how valuable their IP is, how valuable their brand is, so they definitely won't do that. So just, just keep your minds at ease. Just wait, wait till we get more information. There's no need to, there's no need to freak out. So the next one, uh, this is really cool. Uh, this comes from Christopher Dring from GameIndustry.biz. This is basically the the UK charts for physical sales, and Neo Two is selling quite well. So Neo Two is number one, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is number two. Man, that game keeps selling. That game just does not stop. I cannot believe that game has been out for three years on the Switch and it's still it's still that high. It's just crazy. But I, I mean, Mario Kart is amazing. Let's be honest. 
Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. I have not played this game. I don't even know if I'm gonna try because I it just I don't know, it just did not look like my cup of tea. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is uh is number four, FIFA 20, Grand Theft Auto 5, Division 2, of course, because of the new expansion, Luigi's Mansion 3, Go Luigi, finally some love for Luigi. Uh number nine is Minecraft, and number 10 is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo. What the hell? This, uh, I didn't even know this was a game. I need to check this game out. Okay, I need to check that out for sure. Okay, so Christopher Drake, he kind of writes. Uh, the team did the game didn't need to sell a lot of copies to reach number one in what is a very quiet time for physical the physical game market, of course, and because of what's uh, happening in the world right now. Uh, the tiles box sales are actually 63% lower than the original, which reached number two in, back in February 2017. So I think one thing we should take away is because of everything that's happening right now, it's understandable that the physical sales will be lower. At the same time, um, it is obviously, first of all, impressive that Neo 2 made it, made it that high up in the list. And I think the digital game sales are making more and more of that overall percentage of game sales nowadays. Um, I had a choice to buy a physical edition of uh, the Animal Crossing game or digital. And I was like, I'm going to buy digital. Uh, see, I'm thinking the same thing for, for Doom Eternal. I'm thinking the same way for Resident Evil 3. Just, it, it, you know, I think I think now that we, we know when the, the new consoles come out, uh, when it comes to backwards compatibility and stuff like that, it just makes more sense to buy stuff digital just because it can, it can cross over and stuff like that. You can play it there. And certain games, I feel like I feel like maybe it's me or maybe us as gamers in general, I think we're starting to value these games more in that sense where we do want to just own it, you know, fully own it and keep it with us rather than owning a disc and then selling it back, um, especially because GameStop's, you know, ridiculous uh, traded values and stuff like that. Um so yeah, I think I think obviously when it comes to Neo Two, we we need to kind of fully look into all, everything as a whole, even the digital sales, uh, and I'm sure the digital sales will definitely make up for for the overall lower lower sales of the physical edition. Uh, I, this is a game I definitely wanted to try out. I I, I didn't really play Neo One. I was playing quite a bit of the beta, I remember, but I just never never got a chance to play Neo One. And uh, recently, my Sekiro stuff has been was was doing quite well on Twitch and also on my on my Instagram. So, you know what? I was thinking about going to Dark Souls, but I might just go get into Neo 2. I'll see. I, I do wanna I do wanna get back into these kinds of games. I really, really do enjoy them. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna check this out. Uh just gonna talk about backwards compatibility. I feel like I completely completely skipped this. I should not have skipped this. But one thing that Mark Cerny is kinda was kinda talking about um in his in his presentation of PS5 was that they will at the at, at launch, they will have PS4 backwards compatibility. But they're only looking at the top hundred most played PS4 games. So is that like like fifteen Call of Duties, like like five Battlefields, like twenty FIFA? Like like I'm sorry, but like I don't know. First, I just found that a little weird. I do understand that obviously they'll take all that into consideration, but I I think I think I I expected this was obviously me expecting too much from Sony and PlayStation at that point. I thought it would be day one. PS4, everything's compatible. PS3, PS2, PS1. Honestly, that's kind of what I thought. But you know what? Like it's, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, hopefully, like I, I don't know if I'll be playing PS4 games day one. You know, when I get my PS5, I'm going to play some PS5 games, right? But it will be good if they kind of work on this quicker and they do release PS3, PS2, PS1, backwards compatibility, whatever they need to do. Like they put that on there too because like, come on, man. Like I, I, I've, been, I've been playing on my PC now and I just started playing Half-Life recently as well, like the first one. And it was so easy. I just downloaded the game and I just started playing. Like, I just I just don't get it. Like, I, the, they're trying to be more like PC gaming. 
but yet they're like oh we can only do this right now we can only do this much it's kind of like oh, come on man like like obviously i don't really understand the nitty-gritty but whatever right like i think i think they they can do better for sure um so okay moving on uh there was an unannounced towers game that apparently leaked this happened i think a while back but of course i'm gonna just kind of talk about it here this comes from michael werter from polygon a new Star Wars video game, one that hasn't been officially announced by publisher Electronic Arts, may have just been revealed thanks to a datamined PlayStation Store listing. According to the Twitter account PSN Releases, which is run by a bot that monitors Sony's PlayStation Network for new PlayStation 4 games, uh, game releases and updates, uh, a title called Star Wars Project Maverick is in development. The title was simply uploaded as Maverick, according to the Twitter account, but was paired with artwork that reveals a potential new Star Wars game. That artwork features a lone Imperial Star Wars destroyer and a small fleet of X-Wing starfighters, implying that the project will likely take place around the original Star Wars trilogy era. Uh, this, I mean, this is cool. More Star Wars. I'm extremely happy. Uh, even if it's like a tiny game, a smaller game, I don't mind. But it would be really cool if they go back. I was kind of thinking about it. I don't know why I just went through like a weird episode one or like the prequel phase. And I was like, man, why are they not making like another power racing game? Like, why can't they? I feel like I talked about this before. I don't know why. I'm just getting deja vu. I feel like I've literally talked about this exact article, but I could be, I could be wrong, but obviously I'm going to talk about it again. But like, this is, I, I feel like these smaller games will actually be appreciated, especially in this day and age where Star Wars movies are kind of done. Uh, you know, everyone is still kind of craving a bit of Star Wars, but you know, not, not like too much. But in terms of games, yes, like a lot of people are craving Star Wars right now. So I think, I think if they have a small game, which is like a TIE fighter game, right? And then maybe after that, they're like, you know what, let's have a power racing game. Then, you know, maybe they make like a, almost like a, a duel game, like a, a lightsaber duel game, right? There's so many ideas that they can mess around with. So I, I do hope that they kind of take that into consideration and just, it's really small games. You don't need to make a huge AAA game uh, every time, you know? So moving on, this, yes, I'm so excited. This could be finally happening, but this is coming from uh, Matt Kim from IGN. Apparently a new Tony Hawk Pro Skater game leaked or is appearing is coming in 2020 most likely i don't know i'm sorry i'm getting too excited but uh there's a rumor for a new tony Hawk pro skater uh have that has resurfaced uh, resurfaced thanks to another leak uh this time from a band that claims to have licensed songs for a new game in the series in a now deleted facebook post a band called the death set seemingly revealed that they licensed five new songs for a tony hawk 2020 game they also said that you'll be hearing this shit soon so Look, I, I, we predicted this in terms of Activision. I think what I think, I think this might not be necessarily a new game. This could be a re-release or, or a remake of an, of an older Tony Hawk game. But of course, licensing those songs might be hard because those bands probably at this point will be asking for a lot of money, right? Because it's been so long, those bands have gotten more and more popular. So I think they're basically remaking those old Tony Hawk games but reaching out to other bands, other people, and trying to get you know their music on board instead. And I think that'll be awesome. This is gonna be exciting. I don't care if it's a remake or not, like whatever it is, just just make the Tony Hawk games like Pro Skater 1, Pro Skater 2, and Pro Skater 3, as long as it's kind of like that, I'm, I'm more than happy. You know, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding off. I know a lot of people want a new skate game, but like for me, Tony Hawk is still OG. That's kind of like my, my, my main thing, you know, like I, I always prefer Tony Hawk and I would, I wouldn't mind a new skate. Uh, if, if a new skate comes out, I'm going to play that as well because I love skate, but Tony Hawk, please, this, this could be happening. Finally, finally Activision is listening or someone is listening out there. Um, this next article, this comes from IGN as well from Matt Kim. 
The Last of Us TV show is in the works at HBO. The Last of Us director Neil Druckmann will team up with Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin on a television adaptation of The Last of Us for HBO. According to THR, Druckmann will be involved in the creation of the HBO The Last of Us series. This is a rarity for video game adapt- adaptations as the game creators aren't usually directly involved with the adaptation process of their games. Druckmann and Mazin will write and adapt. Dog president Evan Wells will serve as executive producer alongside Carolyn Strauss. Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions will co-produce the series for the cable network. Sources told IGN the HBO series will replace the previously announced The Last of Us movie adaptation. This is extremely good news. I always feel that games that are trying to be made into movies are just bound to fail because games themselves, especially games like The Last of Us, you know, like these cinematic games, they're already in some way a movie. And we've seen this with The Witcher. We've seen this with Castlevania. And hopefully we will see this way. The Last of Us TV shows when it comes to these games is the way to go. I think that is because you can't, put everything in an hour and a half, two hour, two and a half, two and a half hour movie, what we experience as gamers in a 12, 15, 20, 30 hour game, you know? So I think a TV show is the way to go. And the fact that HBO is behind it, the fact that Craig Mazin, the person that helped and made uh, the Chernobyl series, which got so many awards and is, is, is like, you know, critically acclaimed, you know, and, and all, of course, Neil Druckmann is also behind this, right? I think it's the perfect combination I think that gives it some sense of, uh, uh, you know, some sense of value almost that, you know what, this show will actually give, actually do justice to the story. This, this TV show, this TV series won't mess with, with the original writing, with the original story, the original characters. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that it is at HBO because it's not, not to say that Netflix and, and Amazon stuff like that, they don't make good shows. It's just because, they spit out shows so quickly all the time that sometimes I feel like it's almost like shovelware, like we saw it on Nintendo's eShop and stuff like that. You know, the stuff that just gets put out there, you don't know what's good, what's not, right? With I with with HBO, it's not that HBO doesn't have bad shows either, but a lot of times they it, it is shows that are well respected and well regarded. So I'm kind of glad for a game that's one of my favorite games of all time. I'm so glad that they're they're focusing mainly on on, on a TV show and putting it on on HBO. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and who they cast because a lot of people have been wanting Hugh Jackman, uh, maybe Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you know, Negan, um, even even Viggo Mortensen. I feel like he was never brought up, but uh, him from the from the road, I think Viggo Mortensen would be like pretty amazing. So there's like some really cool, cool people for Joel, for Ellie, of course, uh, I think... Uh, I think it's Maisie Williams, uh, you know, Arya from, from Game of Thrones. There's been like some, a lot of stuff being thrown around. So there's some amazing people out there. And I think they can do a good job, especially in being with, at HBO and stuff. And Neil Druckmann will definitely ensure that this is a good show. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. So the next one, another, wow, this is, uh, we're just getting a packed, packed in the next couple of months. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima gets a June release date. This comes from Joe Scrabbles from IGN. Ghost of Tsushima will be released on June 26th. This was announced on the PlayStation blog. Sucker Punch's new game also got a new story trailer and details of the different editions of the game. So, well, fine. I mean, first of all, finally, we got a release date. At the same time, oh my God. I mean, we, we already tomorrow, we have Doom Eternal. We have Animal Crossing. Next week, we have Half-Life Alex. April, in the beginning, we have Resident Evil 3. Then we have Final Fantasy 7, right? I'm not, I'm obviously, there's a bunch of games like Bleeding Edge and stuff like that. I, I'm not even... I haven't brought up in May. We had Last of Us Part Two, 
right? In June, we have Ghost of Tsushima. Like, man, we are just being bombarded by so many games. And this is just going to eat up so much of our time. At this point, I'm kind of glad that Cyberpunk got delayed because this was just this was just getting too crazy. You know, so I'm I'm really excited about this. I love Sucker Punch. I love Infamous. I'm so glad that they're finally making a new game and if I, the game is coming out. Um, it looks really cool. I definitely want to see more gameplay. Uh, they're they're it's, they're being very hush hush about the gameplay and what you're actually doing in the game. We obviously saw a bit of gameplay gameplay way back, but it's unclear how how the gameplay works. Is it like Sekiro, where if you get hit a few times, you die immediately? Is it like a regular action game where you have a huge health bar and you can like you know slowly get your health back or whatever? Like I I obviously want more information on that. But, you know, obviously that's that's still a little bit far away, like in terms of what we'll find out. We should hopefully find out within the next couple of months, I'm sure. But I'm excited. I'm so excited. Like, I, I, I know I'll be playing Last of Us immediately. But, like, depending on how long it takes me to finish Final Fantasy and all those other games, man, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's going to be it's gonna be packed. Packed couple of months. So talking about Doom Eternal Animal Crossing, I just want to kind of go over the reviews. Both games, amazing. Amazing reviews. Uh, Doom Eternal, at least on Metacritic, is like on a 90 for Xbox. I know it's around 88, 89 on PC and, and PS4. It's also on 90 on Open Critic. And Animal Crossing, oh my god, man, 91 on Metacritic and 92 on Open Critic. Like, I don't know if you haven't, if you're, you know, thinking about buying either one of these games or if you're a fan of both these games, I would say buy one game now and then save up and buy the other game as soon as possible because uh, Animal Crossing is a game that I know price-wise won't go down. Uh, that's one thing to consider because it's a Nintendo game. Nintendo games just don't don't go down in price like at all. Even after a year or two years. Like, I mean, you can see that with Mario Odyssey and, and Legend of Zelda right now. So I would recommend uh, uh, get Animal Crossing now if you are pretty excited about that game. And then just wait for like a month or two. Because Bethesda games are known to kind of go, go, on, uh, go on sale pretty quick. So Doom Eternal, I won't be surprised if in a month or two we'll drop uh, 20 or 30%. Uh, in terms of price so uh, uh definitely both games whatever game you get either way you'll be having a good time you'll be having a good weekend especially around the time when we all have to stay in uh and kind of talking about games that we've been playing one of the games that i've been playing recently i started playing uh with my girlfriend was thimbleweed park uh, this is like an old school adventure game basically and uh we just kind of we're just detectives in this town it's ha- it's kind of had a comedic vibe it looks really old school looks like one of those old school like lucas uh lucas arts games like kind of like full throttle and stuff like that. Um, and basically, you're basically investigating uh, a murder and you're just kind of connecting the dots and it's really cool. It's an old school adventure game. And so far, I'm really liking it. I haven't continued playing it since that initial time I tried it, but um, I definitely want to get back in. It, 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 there are, this, is the, this is the main issue I've always had with certain adventures games is certain puzzles, the solutions don't make sense. Right? Sometimes, like I remember with Grim Fandango as well, and even with this actually, there was one part I had to look up but like sometimes these these things, the solutions that they want you to to like have, want you to do for certain puzzles, it's like you would never think of it on the spot, right? I I always prefer puzzles that allow you that kind of just kind of connect, you know, it kind of connects well. Um, even games like Cube and Cube Two, like the games that I was just playing on on stream just a while back, uh, you know, like those games at least you can connect the dots, right? So I I think that was my main complaint with these games, but I think that's just kind of what it's known for. And, and I think these adventure games always had this kind of word of mouth mentality where some people can somehow figure it out and they let you know that, oh, you need to press this, you need to go here first or whatever, right? So I'm definitely going to keep playing it and see how it goes. I finished Sekiro. 
which was amazing. I can't believe I finished that game. Like it was that game has been a, a big part of my life for a while. As you know, I've been talking about that game quite a bit. So it does feel that it's, it does feel weird. Um, initially, when I finished, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to play any hard games for a while. And obviously, I jumped into Ori and the Blind Forest, which I'll talk about. But I don't know. I'm getting the cravings again. I'm, it's it's weird, man. It's weird. I wanna because I, I played Dark Souls three. I finished Dark Souls three like a while back, but I never played the DLC. And I'm thinking that why don't I just play the DLC? You know, like that's something new. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to dedicate 30, 40 hours, you know, playing the game again. But if it's like another four or five hours or so, I'm like, you know what? That's not bad. So I might, I might do that. I'm still, I'm still considering. Um, I, I might even, I, I, I've never played Dark Souls 1 and 2. I've just seen gameplay. I've, I've seen walkthroughs and, and of other people playing. I've seen like speed runs as well. And of course, like I was saying, I haven't played Neo either. So Let's see, I know there's a lot of, I, I, I have, I mean, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, and Sekiro are the only three I've finished, so I, considering, like, my love for the series nowadays, I should probably go back in, but let's see, let's see, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to kill myself with these games. Um, talking about hard games, I was playing Ori in the Blind Forest, it's a beautiful game, I, I like it in that sense, I'm not liking the gameplay, this is always the first game, so I know that the new game apparently has better gameplay, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's interesting, like, there's certain parts that are just frustrating for me. Like, I just feel, I just felt like some certain things were not as responsive as it should be, especially because of the type of game it is. And it wants you to make, it wants to make, make sure that, yeah, like you need to be able to press burn button certain times or wall jump at certain times, or, you know, just, uh, you can't make very subtle mistakes, kind of like Sekiro in, in a sense, right? And the problem is it just doesn't feel as responsive as I, as I hoped it would be. And I don't know if it'll get better over time or that's just kind of how the game is. Uh, but I'm going to keep playing. I'm, I, I was like the gameplay was getting a lot better as I kept unlocking more and more stuff. So I want to see how that goes over time. Maybe it'll get better and stuff. So I'm not going to give up on it. One game. Oh my God, I'm actually getting into this game quite a bit. And I, I, I'm not joking. Before recording this, I was thinking that if I should play this for a bit just because I was craving it. It's Two Point Hospital. All you do is basically build a hospital. Uh, it's kind of comedic and stuff like that. And you're just managing a hospital. And man, it's addictive. Like, I kept thinking that I should have got this game for my Switch, but I've, I've been playing on my PC. But wow, like, for anyone that likes games like Civilization, stuff like that, it's obviously not the same thing, but it's just such a good hospital sim, and it's just so funny, it's just so cool, and I don't know, like, just seeing the, the ratings go up, like, seeing, like, the, the revenue come in and stuff you need to do, and how you hire people, fire people, stuff like that. I just really, really enjoyed it. Uh, for anyone that has the Game Pass, I think this is a definitely like must try game. I I don't know if if why you would be sitting on it if you enjoy those kind of strategy games, right? But like Two Point Hospital, please please give it a shot. Like uh, I can't think of anything any any more good things about it. Like I think you should definitely give this a shot. It's a really really fun game. Um, I tried to Call of Duty Warzone. It's literally what I thought it would be: Call of Duty Modern Warfare in a, in a battle royale mode. Uh, it's a cool battle royale mode. That I I like that you can. Kind of make your way, once you do die in this battle royale thing, uh, you go into this thing called the Gulag, where you go one-on-one -on -one with another person that has died. And if you beat them, you get respawned. So I do like that. I do, because that's always an issue with, that was an issue with most battle royale games like PUBG and Fortnite in the beginning. And then Apex kind of found that thing where your teammate can revive you at a, at like a reviving station. Uh, and then Call of Duty obviously is kind of taking that into consideration, you know, like because they also understand that once you die and you die so quickly in Call of Duty, it's like you're out and you restart a game or you reload, right? So it's kind of like, I think they also understood that, you know what, maybe we should, maybe we should actually put that in there as well. And they did a, they did a pretty innovative 
thing with it, right? Like to like put you in a gulag and you have like, if you're playing with teammates, you have your teammates around that gulag prison cell kind of cheering you on or they can throw rocks at the enemy for you. They can tell you, look, oh, there he is or whatever, you know? So it's a really cool concept. So uh, I do like that. And in preparation for Half-Life, Alex, I started playing Half-Life 1. This game is old. <laughs> this game is old. Like, uh, it's it's not bad. I'm just, I, I can understand, like, when it came out, it was pretty impressive. And um, I will try to keep playing it. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I might just go straight to Half-Life 2. But in my opinion, because of someone, I'm, I'm someone who never played Half-Life. I've played Half-Life 2, like, a little bit. And I just jumped straight into Episode 1 and Episode 2 without really, because I just like the gameplay for Episode 1 and 2, right? But I don't know, like the Half-Life 1 just didn't, like, it just didn't grab me. And I understand for people who do, who who did grow up with it, for them, this is still like an amazing game, right? So because of that, I just don't want to discount it in that in that way. And I do want to keep trying to play it, but I'll see, you know, I, I've, I've learned that, especially nowadays that I'm home right now, you know, everyone's indoors. I do want to spend more time playing games that I do enjoy rather than forcing myself to kind of just play through everything, right? So... Uh, who knows? Who, who knows? I might keep continue streaming that as well. And I actually do. I actually wanted to go and play Yakuza Zero as well. I've been excited. I've been wanting to play that game for so long. So who knows? We'll see. So our unputdownable topic for today is: Are we going to be seeing a string of delays in the gaming industry due to COVID nineteen? Right. I know that unputdownable topic. I know the name. I'm, I might need to change the name a little bit. And I will. I think in the next episode or the maybe the episode after, I just need to find some cool jingles. I'm gonna put some jingles in between each. Uh, each section, I know sometimes those sections are just so muddled up and you guys can't tell what section am I, uh, section I'm in right now. Uh, but trust me, I've taken that consideration. Thank you so much, Alex, for giving me that that suggestion. Uh, I'm definitely going to put that in. But the input down topic, so like this is, a, this is a thing that I think a lot of people have been talking about, especially with COVID-19 and everything that's happening. So I kind of want to take inspiration from this article from WCCF Tech. This comes from Alicia Palumbo from WCCF Tech. According to DFC Intelligence, there's a very real chance that one or both next-generation consoles from Sony and Microsoft, the PS5 and Xbox Series X, will miss their scheduled holiday 2020 release window due to supply chain issues caused by COVID-19. Coronavirus is likely to have a major short-term impact on the delivery of both systems. There is a strong likelihood one or both systems will not make a 2020 launch. If the systems do launch, supply will likely be constrained and initial pricing could be higher than expected. Currently, the economy is in an unprecedented state of uncertainty. Even if the situation clears up in a few weeks, the ability to manufacture and release a high new game system has already been severely impacted. So one thing I want to first talk about was everything that's happening right now. You know, we have already seen companies kind of push up their on-demand or on, yeah, video on-demand release dates. So Birds of Prey and stuff like that, all the stuff you can get video on-demand like now, I think, or maybe in like a week or so, um, rather than getting it maybe six months down from now. Just because people are people are not able to go to the movie theater, and people shouldn't go to the movie theaters right now, right? People should all stay indoors and and just just stay isolated for a little bit. Uh, and everything is close by, so this is impacting movie theaters quite a bit. And initially, uh, you know, and obviously we've seen with Fast and Furious as well being delayed. I think the new Vin Diesel movie Bloodshot that got delayed as well. Like all these movies are just being delayed, and some of these movies that were actually going to come out, they they're being pushed straight to video on demand, so people can just get it on, get it at home. Uh, I don't know what that will do. For their bottom line, but you know they 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 don't have an option, right? They have no choice because they don't know when all this stuff will die down, and when it does die down, uh, people might still be under quarantine, right? People might be able to go out, people might be able to go to certain events and stuff like that, but 
the the number of people that are able to go into these areas will still be limited, right? Because you don't want you don't want it to resurge, right? This this whole thing. So like that's already impacted the movie industry, and I thought that you know this is perfect for the streaming industry and for the gaming industry. Uh, streaming industry, of course, as long as they they keep releasing TV shows, people will be happy. Everyone is kind of talking about, okay, I'm I'm in quarantine, I'm stuck at home. What should I watch? You know, this is the perfect. I'm sure there's a big surge in uh, game players on Steam and people watching Netflix and people watching Amazon Prime stuff like that, right? And I I never really really thought about this or looked into it too much, but then I realized that you know, like yeah. The gaming industry, when it comes to the physical releases, is going to be severely impacted. And I was listening to, again, like Jason Schreier's podcast and like other podcasts as well. And one thing that was being brought up was that obviously Square Enix has kind of come out and said that, look, uh, Final Fantasy VII will not be delayed, but it is possible that you might not get your, your physical copy on time because of supply chain issues, right? And then just issues in general like that. So these games obviously can rely on people going digital. Uh, and I obviously want to know what percentage of their game sales are now solely digital. I know like it's going more and more towards digital, but I don't think it has fully overtaken physical games, physical sales. So does this mean that these games, especially big games like Resident Evil 3, um, uh, Final Fantasy, or let's say Resident Evil 3 and Final Fantasy are already on their way, right? So they're not going to mess with that anymore. But let's say something li- like Last of Us Part 2. That's coming out in May. Is that going to be delayed? Because... Sony is like, okay, this game, a lot of people might buy this digitally, but we rely on this, like the physical thing, right? At the same time, everything is being delayed. And maybe, if, maybe like with the Neo 2, exa- for, for example, Neo 2 was, is a PS4 exclusive or a console exclusive. And uh, like, like how it was brought up that it was the, the sales, the physical sales were 63% lower. So Sony has to be looking at this and thinking that, yo, maybe this is not a good idea. Maybe this is, maybe we're going to lose a chunk of sales because of people not being able to go and get this in person. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, like these sales, because with movies, right? With movies, when it, with the films, they come out in theaters and they stay in theaters for like two, I don't know, like a month, two months, whatever, right? Like what the amount is. With physical games, once they're on shelves, they're on shelves, right? Like they're on shelves forever or until like overall stock goes down. So uh, what I'm trying to think is that, if they are, I, in my opinion, I wouldn't think that they would want to delay it in a way because for they can say that, okay, you know what? There's going to be constraints when it comes to stock. So if you want a physical copy, you might be able to get it, but it might be tough. Who knows? Whatever. But you can obviously get the game digital. And for Sony, Microsoft, other people, like digital, digital sales will net them more profits either way, right? Because they're be, you're buying it from their store. So they can obviously push that at the same time the people that want to buy these games are the people that want to buy these games. You know what I like, you know what I'm saying? Like just because you, they, they, because they're not able to buy this game in the first month or two months or three months does not mean that on the fourth month, when all the physical copies are available, people will not buy them anymore. You know, you know? So I think I, I don't, in I, what I'm thinking when it comes to games, I don't think that should be an issue. Like I know there's going to be physical constraints when it, because there, there's, there's a, there's a digital and physical component, right? Like I was talking with the in the movie industry, with the movie industry, there's a physical component, and to counter that, and there's like a physical component, and then you have a digital component like six months or seven seven months down the line when it goes on DVDs and or video on demand stuff like that. So because there's a, the the main thing with, with the physical component where they make a big chunk of their money, um, and obviously that's the thing that people can do because you need to be in in spaces with other people. Movie industry right now is putting stuff on video on demand, right? 
in, on the gaming side, the digital stuff is already there and it's already appreciated. It's already something that people do either way, right? I'm not sure how many people um, buy digital copies of movies and DVDs, movies and Blu-rays and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of overall revenue, I can I can almost like certainly say, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I, I'm almost certain that the physical sales, like the ticket sales are, are, are a bigger chunk of money than the digital sales, right? Uh, so uh, what I'm trying to say basically is that like when it comes to like gaming, because the digital component of this is already such a big part of it. And it's something that like, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that don't have good internet, that have data caps, that um, might not be, might not have a PSN account or do not, don't like, you know, some people just don't like putting their, their card information and, and PSN card information, stuff like that online. And I understand that, right? There's obviously things you can use like PayPal and stuff like that. But maybe for them, you know, like it, it might be an issue. And in that case, Sony can be like, look, there's going to be very limited stock. So if you can get a physical copy, perfect. But if you want, just get the digital copy. And once it is available, there'll be a physical copy. Like, you know, in like certain time, we'll get a physical copy. Or they can just be like, look, because we're having so many constraints for the physical edition, we're going to we're gonna delay the physical version, right? That's, that's one thing I can see happening. They'll be like, we can delay the physical version. And why not, like in six months from now, when everything's calmed down, will we release the physical version of this game, right? Like I can totally see that happening. I just don't, like in my brain, it doesn't make a lot of sense to fully delay a game, you know, especially like a game like Last of Us, which has already been delayed a couple of times, uh, a game like Ghost of Tsushima, which just got its release date, you know? So that's kind of my opinion. I don't think with games, you will see that because I can see them release, they're delaying the the physical edition or them kind of taking the same approach as Square Enix and telling consumers that, hey, there might be constraints when it comes to stock. So you might not be able to get your hands on a physical edition, but rest assured, you, we will kind of keep adding them as much as we can. And we have, you know, digital versions ready for you to download. So I can totally see that happening. Um, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them kind of fully blocking this down or, or fully locking it down in, in that way that no, sorry, no more physical additions or sorry, we're going to delay this completely or whatever, you know? So let's see, we'll obviously find out more, you know, I think in a month or so or in the next couple of weeks, actually, you know, like I think everyone is currently under lockdown. Um, everyone's hoping that by beginning of April or mid April, things should, things should become a better, a, a bit, a bit better. So let's see what happens. Um, the other thing was when it comes to consoles, now for the consoles, I do have a feeling that this might get delayed. With just the way that consoles work, like, of course, like, it could be the same thing with the physical thing. Um, if things haven't kind of fully been fixed, first of all, like, these, there's a lot of supply chain issues, right? So even if everything is on, on target, uh, there's going to be a big issue of getting these consoles to different parts of the world. So then that's going to be an, uh, an issue first. The second thing is, of course, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to stock, so we don't know how many of these consoles will be made by the time all this stuff is done. When people are are back from quarantine and everything is fine, everything is back to normal, uh, you know, how long it will take to kind of restart that supply chain, kind of restart everything, you know, that's going to be a big issue. Um, so like with consoles, I can see them pushing this for like two to three months just because, again, like this is like a physical thing, right? This is a thing that you have to go in store and actually buy. And there's something that's not just, play, uh, just affecting the, the gaming industry. It's affecting like phones. It's affecting like the TV industry, affecting like everything, right? So I can totally see them wanting to or needing to um, delay it. 
what I think more likely will happen is them saying that there's going to be a very like a stock issue, um, which and I, I, I'm more worried about that because if there's going to be a stock issue, people will start lining up uh, at midnight. People will start, you know, lining up to pre-order as soon as, and as soon as possible. And that kind of goes back into the whole thing of, you know, we're trying to avoid lines. We're trying to avoid people lining up being too close to each other right now. You know, social distancing is very important right now. So I don't know, like, it, you know, like, is this like a weird thing? It just depends on how they manage it. I think both Sony and Microsoft will be looking at each other to see how the other reacts because Sony doesn't want to come out and say, we're going to delay our console for three months. And then Microsoft is like, yeah, no, our console's still coming out. And, you know, Microsoft comes off like in the lead and stuff like that. So I think they're going to be both looking at each other. Um, I was talking to someone else about it. I, I don't think it's a bad idea to delay it in general. We have so many amazing games coming out this year. So it's not like, you know, not ha- it's not like the PS5 or Xbox Series X in any way will like enhance this year for us. Um, if these consoles come out in March 2021, that's not too far away either way. Um, of course, I would love to have the console this year. But like just just the way this is the COVID-19 stuff is affecting supply chain stuff and just the physical aspect of it, I can see that affecting consoles. Um, like with games, of course, like I was saying, right, because it's a digital aspect, something that you can just receive at home. It's a little different. I, I don't see games being delayed like that. But because of what's happening with, with COVID-19, um, especially now that we're seeing a final, finally like a downturn when it comes in, in China and, and other places, uh, whereas, you know, North America is still kind of up, uh, like kind of going up right now. It's not, not really plateaued at the moment. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in the next month or two. I think within the next month or two, it'll be, it'll be a lot more clear. We'll get more information from Sony, hopefully about the PS5. We'll get more information about my, uh, from Microsoft about, about the console when it's going to come out. Both. Both companies are, are sticking to their holiday release date. They're like, nope, it'll come out holiday release, holiday release date. Uh, and obviously, I don't think it's a good idea to kind of stick it out like that. I think they should obviously just be open to the idea that they might have to push it a little forward. But you know what? Let's see. Like, hopefully, hopefully these games come out. I, I, I the cons come out. Sorry, I, I, I do, I do want them to come out. And in the meantime, we have so many amazing games. We have two amazing games to uh, tomorrow. Yet um, amazing games coming out next week in April and May and June. Like, we're good. We're good for a while. So we have a lot of stuff to kind of take our mind off of everything that's happening outside. So thank you everyone for joining today. I hope everyone's staying safe, staying indoors, uh, you know, maintaining social distance. I hope everyone is keeping well. Uh, and please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. I have my my email and links and everything in the description. And yeah, let me know what your thoughts on, on this industry, what's happening what you think might happen in the next few in, in the next few months if you think the console gonna release there uh, this year or not you know it'll be like good to know uh, and yeah i'll join me again next week on another episode of the show thank you so much bye